0: Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique
1: and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and
0: coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves.
1: We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and
0: perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start
1: living your best life. Let's get into today's episode.
0: So your girl here has a rough sounding voice today, and it's so funny because I almost called you, Carrie, to say like, hey, maybe we shouldn't record today because I don't want this to be sounding off or just a little bit too rough <laughs> vocally for the listeners. But you know what, my voice probably doesn't even sound as bad as it feels like, but it, Isn't that so funny how right away I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want people to not enjoy their listening experience. To me, I can barely detect a
1: difference. And probably if you hadn't told me, I wouldn't have noticed that your voice is a little scratchy because I think we all think everyone's paying a lot closer
0: attention to us than they actually are. Yes, absolutely. And that's exactly what popped into my head when I was having this conversation with myself earlier today. We tend to care so much more about things because obviously it's our lives, but in reality, other people are worried about their own shit. Like they don't have time to care about what you are worrying about in the moment. For example, my voice being off, not a big deal, but I certainly started to make it out to be a bigger deal. So this brings us to our topic of conversation today is how do we learn to care less about what people think? And I know this is something like many of our topics that a lot of us can relate to. Definitely. I have struggled with this
1: throughout most of my life. It's something I still catch myself struggling with at times because I don't know if it has to do with how we're raised or the society we grow up in, but my family particularly, really thinks everyone cares about them and really cares what other people think about them. And so a lot of our family decisions when I was a child centered around what will other people think about this? And that played a big part in decision-making choices, directions we went, and it can be really,
0: really limiting. Yeah, absolutely. I had a a similar experience too, where, I mean, a lot of women can probably relate to this, where as a young girl, it was important for me to be seen, not heard, and to always present myself appropriately. And my family is European, and especially my grandmother, she grew up in Germany, occupied France, and she was really a very stylish woman. She went to school for fashion. And so appearance was very important to her. And she also wanted to instill that in me where you do the best you can to appear tidy or just like a pretty girl. So that for me was an area where I started to really focus on like oh is this dress or are these pants okay or am i going to be judged that's one area where i had a lot of confusion about my style and it was a lot of pressure to me growing up when i was younger because i saw just how important it was to others in my family specifically my grandmother because of her fashion background but i think it's also important too to realize that there's nothing wrong with us Wanting to care about what other people think. That is hardwired within our biology, going back to our need for belonging, our need for belonging in a group, sort of tribe, that safety, that connection. And so there's nothing wrong with it. I think what we're talking about here is more so when it starts to impact how we want to live our lives, how it's holding us back from living authentically and true to ourselves. Exactly. We all have that desire for acceptance and that
1: fear of rejection. So for a lot of us, we do look outside of ourselves in order to receive that and see what the group or community as a whole sort of expects from us. But exactly what you said, Dominique, that it can become a little bit paralyzing or limiting to us if we let what others think stop us from taking healthy risks in our lives or making a change or moving forward a good example that both of us can relate to is starting our own business what are people Mm. gonna think i really did struggle with caring what people would think Mm. important people in my life of leaving a stable secure job Trying something so quote unquote risky because it doesn't have that traditional stability of a monthly paycheck and benefits and all of those things that we really value. Mm-hmm. And so putting those dissenting voices aside was really healthy and useful for me to move forward with this dream of having my own business.
0: I 100% relate to that. For for me, kind of the same thing because what I do in my coaching business with body work, nervous system regulation, it can be viewed as a little out there because our medical field especially is so tight on needing proof and seeing statistics and patterns because that's what gives a sense of control and certainty. And when it comes to everything with the the body and the nervous system, there's still a lot to be learned. And so people look at it sometimes as maybe even being woo woo. And that was something where I was like, Oh, I don't want people to think this of me. But yet this is a very strong belief I have. And I've seen the changes that this work has brought into my own life. I even I catch myself doing this still caring what people think. I was having a conversation via WhatsApp with a friend the other night. And I said that I wanted to share a post that really resonated with me. It was about the nervous system. And I started to over explain myself because a part of me still thought like, oof, this person might think I'm a little kooky, because this is a very different field of interest in a way. And so that came up for me right away. And then I sent another message. And I was like, you know what? I'm sorry for apologizing. I'm not sorry anymore. Sorry. <laughs> I <I'm> still <laughs> apologizing. And they were laughing about it as well. And they were like, you know what? If somebody isn't into what you had to share, they're just not gonna listen to it. That's all. I was like, yeah, nothing horrible's gonna happen. They're just not gonna care or listen. And then if that's the case, those aren't my people. So it is something that I still do. And I can laugh about it now, though, instead of go straight into judging myself or shaming myself.
1: I do think when we put ourselves out there publicly in a risky way, you are inviting, even if you're not intentionally doing it with the internet, people think if you've posted something that you're inviting their opinion, when maybe in fact you are not. And there are those people out there who just for whatever reason want to disagree with everything or somehow insult you or belittle you because of an opinion you have. And I think that is, for me at least, A very strong fear I still have. And one of the reasons why I feel like it's really hard to put myself out there online. And it's not because of people who know me. It's because of essentially, I guess, the trolls out there who just are willing to say anything, be really hurtful and mean and belittling toward people just for stating their opinions. And like you said, we're so conditioned to think anything woo-woo or too new agey feeling is not valid. And so we're always questioning ourselves when we're talking about anything that isn't scientifically proven because that pendulum between the balance of art and science or logic and intuition mm-hmm. has gone way to the extreme of logic science and yeah. we missed the art the intuition part of it and so we don't even value those things as a society anymore.
0: Yeah, so, so true. And that's something that I have conversation a lot about, especially when it comes to human design, because in human design, there's things called circuitry in there. And so there's sensing circuits, there's logic circuits, there's knowing circuits. And so this can just show how much of one uh, an individual might have. And I've always tried to go with logic and focus and prioritize logic, but it never really felt like that was the answer that I needed. I always had this strong sense of something, but always pushed it away because, well, that's not logical. With any system, school system, healthcare system, it's so strong in logic and statistics, and this is how you do it for every single person. And in my chart, I am purely sensing circuitry so that gave me permission to explore a little bit more about the things that felt right to me and even though i still struggle now about not being able to show proof of something i'm like that's okay because it's not going to be for everyone I can see the proof in myself, and I can share that through my experiences and through my coaching lens with individuals who recognize that logic is not the only way to live life. And I think a lot of the process of caring less what people think is working on your own self worth, your self love that you have, and the worthiness that. You are fully worthy because you exist. That was something that I had to start to prioritize was working on enriching and cultivating greater self-worth, especially as someone who has projector energy and you have projector energy as well, Carrie. One of the core challenges for projectors is self-worth and how we tend to often look outside of ourselves for validation from others. And we see so deeply into others, but we fail to see that depth within ourselves, because we're here for others, we're here for guidance and support. And so our lives are very much focused on the other. But that is where we can learn a lesson and gain wisdom of, you know what, we need to love ourselves first in order to be able to give the way we want to give to others. So self-worth and love has been an incredible journey for me when it comes to working towards caring less about what other people think.
1: That's so interesting because when I think about this whole idea around the lens of the Enneagram, The types that tend to maybe struggle a little bit more. I mean, obviously, as humans, we all can struggle of carrying what people think because it's a human condition. But the three types that fall into the heart center of intelligence are the ones who might struggle a little bit more because they tend to care a little bit more about image. And it's just interesting because you were just talking about identity and self and love. And those are the big themes within the heart center to begin with. And so these types who are in the heart center, which are Enneagram types two, three, and four do tend to be a little bit more concerned about their image and how others perceive them. Each type has a different way of interacting with this. So for type two, they really care about how others appreciate them or need them. That's of great importance to them. People who are type three really want to be admired by others, especially for their success and their accomplishments. And then people who are type four really want their image to be perceived as unique and special, not part of the crowd. They really want to be significant and stand out, and that's how they want to be perceived by others. So if these types aren't getting that feedback from other people, it can really throw them off, and they really do care what others think, even if especially type four may act like they don't care what anyone thinks, but the outside perception of them is important to people who are part of the heart center triad. I could talk about each type and how each type cares about some aspect of what people think of them. So it could be a much longer conversation. But I just wanted to focus on the heart center today because we tend to say that those three types are image types because they try to cultivate an image and put it forth a little bit more than the other Enneagram types.
0: That absolutely fascinates me because when we're looking at the human design lens, The heart center that's considered the G center and the will center because human design, there's nine centers split from being seven center beings. Like there's the way it just comes together and complements. I love it. But I'm fascinated also to kind of see when it comes to the types you were just discussing what their chart would look like. Because if we're looking at the G center and the will center, For example, the G-Center is where the energy for love, direction, and identity of self really lies. The will center is where our value and ability to bring resources to the material plane comes into play. So, for example, if someone has an undefined G-Center, they may struggle more with feeling lovable because of the challenge of having so much fluidity and change within who they identify as. I'm someone who has an open identity center and I have the ability to identify with many different people and take on a lot of their interests and and thoughts and beliefs. It's someone who can be very chameleon-like. So when you're not fully strong in your own identity, that can leave you questioning like, wow, okay, is this even right? Can I be loved? And so caring more about what people think can be a little bit more of a theme for someone who has open G-Center. Someone who has a defined G-Center where it's colored in, they might ask themselves if they can be loved for who they are. And so they have a strong sense of self, but the worry of not being loved for who they are, is that little difference between having it open where it's just white in your chart or colored in. Only 12% of the population has a defined will center colored in. And this is where you have that sense of value and self-worth. So you have stronger sense of value potentially with it being defined if it's open, which I have, you can question your worthiness and your value and work extra hard to try to prove yourself, which can lead to burnout. And of course, caring more so what people think because you want to show just how good you are and how worthy you are. So it's fascinating to kind of hear what you shared about those other types and the G-Center and Will Center in Human Design.
1: I think every week we comment about how fascinating it is to layer these two frameworks on top of one another and what you can discover about yourself through the lens of each of them is really profound and has sort of changed the trajectory of our lives. So we just love sharing about it each week with all of Mm -hmm. you as well. Dominique. So when we talk about releasing the unhealthy levels of caring what others think about us, do you have any ideas on just some ways we can start shifting in order to start aligning a little bit more with our authentic selves and what we care about and want rather than what others expect of us?
0: Yeah, this is, oh man, there's so many things that I've used over the years as far as practices and other resources. But I know I mentioned just starting to cultivate greater love for yourself and working on your own self-worth. One thing that I did was I wrote out a list of all the activities and the things in my life that brought me joy, that truly felt like it fed my soul. And that's because I was looking to others to really find direction or enjoyment because There was so much I really did enjoy, but when I sat down and I started to write about like, okay, I really like this kind of music. I really like these kinds of books. If someone else doesn't like it, that's okay because that's their interest. And so just making that list of all the things that I enjoy, keeping it on hand And referring back to it as that reminder of these are the things you like, and it's great. And it's fine to look for advice or other people's interests. But recognizing that I'm my own person by having this list was a reminder for me. And it may seem like super (laughs) simple and like, what? How's that supposed to do something? But again, from my place, I really struggled to have my own identity and to really know what it was that I liked. So I looked towards others. And so it was more of every time I had an aha moment where I was like, ooh, I would really like to do this more. I'd write it down and I just built upon this list. And I still have this list on my phone actually. And I look back at it regularly and the work of just being able to accept that we are all so different and to honor that as well. If I'm wanting others to accept me for who I am and to not judge me for what I am interested in, then I want to do the same for others. I want to watch my own judgment towards others that can creep up at times for all of us. And I want to be able to recognize that's that person's interest and inner world. And that's okay, because I would want them to be the same with me. So it's a lot of just that recognition as well, understanding the beauty of all of us being different.
1: That's such a great point because what you just said about not judging others because we don't want people judging us. So we have to learn not to judge others is super important. And I wanted to re-highlight that, but also on the reverse of that, if we expect others to not judge Or if we are trying to learn not to care about what people think of us, then we can't judge ourselves Mm. for whatever it may be, whether it's you were raised in a family that really valued. I'm going to use a real life example for myself that really valued hard work. The harder you worked, the more valuable you were, the more self-worth you had all of these things, which is a very common trait of people from the United States and especially in the Midwest. Hard work is very, very valued. And as projectors, the work that aligns for our energetic level doesn't always look on the outside to be hard work because Mm -hmm. it's really hard for us to sustain that energy every day and so i have and i'm still going through the process of trying to not judge myself for not working a solid eight hours every single day on my business which i easily could do but i feel horrible physically energetically mentally afterwards if i have a day like that so i really just try to balance it out and work a few hours each day and then balance the rest of my time doing things that are energy giving and fulfilling. And I have judged myself so harshly on this. So if I'm judging myself, how can I expect others to not judge me? So we have to release that self-judgment, that not enoughness. (laughs) Then when people see you living aligned and authentically and balanced, they're going to naturally have no other course but to accept your lifestyle because they see that it is just working for you
0: yeah that's a beautiful share because i think of course a lot of us can relate to that i certainly do with how my energy fluctuates and just how really cautious i need to be with energy giving but i also love that you you, said too, that when people see how we treat ourselves and recognize our value and worthiness within ourselves, and I also see it as like, it's a domino effect. It's almost like you're giving them a permission slip to be themselves and to know that, you know what? Yeah, I don't care if somebody doesn't agree with this or doesn't think the same way, because this is how I feel Authentically. That's my truth that I spoke. And that is a beautiful thing. That was an interview that I did in Medium Magazine was all about authenticity and vulnerability. And one of the things I mentioned is that it's contagious. Being authentic is contagious. And because I have experienced that from other people where I was like, they're so free. They just don't care. They have so much love for themselves and they know their worth that they don't care what anybody else thinks. And I want that. I, I want that. So I'm going to start working on my own self-worth and value. And it can become this domino effect if we can just take those little steps into being okay with disappointing others or not fitting in with every single group or individual, because then we're just making more room for those who are right for us and who are our people.
1: I can get very idealistic about things. And when you were speaking just now, I was thinking, what would the world be like if judgment didn't exist anymore? Mm -hmm. Like we just didn't judge anyone. We just celebrated everyone for living their Mm -hmm. life, how they were choosing to live it. And the only consequence of no judgment would have to be that
0: people just lived how they wanted to live because there would be no reason not to. Exactly. Wow. Let's sit with that for a second here and maybe take that with you for the day and see if you can imagine what this world would be like with no judgment towards ourselves and others. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family.
1: We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform, as it really helps.
0: If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens.